Hey folks, welcome back. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 170. Dog out the week to Chromebook. And my music skills. Yeah, the Chromebook. Oh shit, look at that. <laughs> Hello everyone out there. <laughs> We're back. Jeff, what's up, dude? Uh, we it's goodlifebabe.com. It's good Episode 170. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. We've been gone for a while. Yeah. You know, it's about reps. People say this all the time. Like, you're, you can only be a writer if you write every day. You can only probably be good at podcasting if you do it most days. And we've been off for like six weeks or something. So I'm just going to blame that to start on the lack of re- recent reps. Well, look, if I may. everybody's got to take a summer break, especially in this town, you know, Fucking and it's right. been like brutally hot out there. And, you know, aside from that, we uh, I both went to Europe. Yeah. And you went to Europe before me. And so it was like a kind of like you came back and then like a couple of days later I was, it was gone. It was literally one day. It was like one, actually, it was one day. I That's actually right. came back and during my jet lag, patting myself on the back, I helped a little bit move some of... of your lady's stuff into your house as she's moving it. That's right. So, and then you took off. So we're going <clears> to <throat> flip it. We're going to Rochambeau in a minute to say, cause we're going to do two episodes tonight and one's going to be about my Europe trip. One's going to be about yours folks. We have lots of great guests in the pipeline coming up, uh, getting back to that format. But we thought coming off the hiatus, let's just like tell the stories from the summer while we were on a hiat, why, why we were on Hi, Adis. Uh, but first, a little housekeeping. Uh, so, folks, we have somebody new to introduce you to. We have Aiden, who is uh, giving it a go at producing here tonight. Hi, and uh, Aiden's joining us. <laughs> Aiden, hey, what's everyone. up, bro? My name's Aiden. Uh, first time producer and just glad to be on the show. Can you give us a little bit of a little background about yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm from Kansas City yeah. uh, and going uh, to school in New Orleans. All right. Um, about to graduate this semester and then uh, looking to do music, podcasting, I guess, whatever at this point. <laughs> you're, you're a music major, right? Isn't it true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where are you going to school? Tulane. At Tulane, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is your instrument? Uh, I play guitar. You play guitar? Yes. All right. All right. So I have a flying V here too. If you want to give it a go, definitely. Yeah. Definitely All right. Try it. Yeah. All right. I'll have to bring out my leather pants too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. Good. Good. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, yeah, dude. Thanks for joining us. And, and look Appreciate for all, for all those folks out there who are wondering about Spencer. Um, or we haven't had a recent Spencer sighting. Spencer was our old producer. Yeah. Lovely guy. Um, Jeff and I were just cracking up and apologies to Spencer if you're listening, but I don't think you ever listened to the podcast anyway. Um, even while we're recording or after it. And I'm not trying to bag. I'm just saying like Spencer was awesome, but um, let's not, let us not speak of Spencer in the past tense. Let's speak of him in the present tense. That's right. Yeah. Spencer's always welcome on the show. Yeah, we're not. Look, this is not a... It, it may be a moving on thing from the standpoint of like actually having some producer activities happening. Like work. But it's mean? not a moving on thing from the idea from that the friendship. Spencer is a part of our show 
and that you know Spencer has some uh, employment conflicts right now with exactly. the nights that we do the show. That's all it is. And Spencer's a personality who is a part of our show and is going to continue to be a part of our That's show. Right. And when Spencer's available to come on the show, then Spencer's going to be on the show. And Agreed. look, here's the thing. Nobody's ever been fired from it's a good life, babe.com. It never will be. Nobody ever will be <laughs> fired from this show. Never. Right. Ever. Because there's no, there's nobody to fire because there's no contractual arrangements or anything. Right. And there's no money involved. And there's really so no far. fireable offenses. There's no really fireable <laughs> offenses because I think we're doing just fine. Even, exactly. even aside from that, but uh, we are looking for a little bit more help. And we think that Aiden's going to be able to fill the gap there. And uh, that's, it's great. And we want want to welcome you Aiden uh, on yeah. the show man we appreciate you being here and everything man much. yeah, yeah. Well, let me let me ask you this Jeff because uh-huh. Spencer famously had good hair well yeah, Spencer Spencer's got a good head of hair and we're yeah. sitting here looking at Aiden Aiden's got a good head of hair yeah. dude yeah. it's like a dead heat almost I think so I think like so yeah yeah I'm just gonna say I know all the lady fans out there I'm talking to you Dean and Griffin. Serious, yeah Dean and Griffin <laughs> friend of the good life i know you love spencer for his hair our new producer has hair as equally as good as spencer's i'm just saying i'm just gonna lay that down right now so there you go it's a hot it's a hot take jeff we're putting you out there it's not that hot my hair is amazing (laughs) (laughs) all right all right we know who we're dealing with Oh, man, that's great. So, <laughs> so uh, are we going to Rochambeau here? Let's Rochambeau, because okay. no one has a coin. I was like, right before we started rolling, I was like, does anyone have a coin to flip? Like, who's going to go first in terms of... Sure. But there's no coin. All right, here we go. Ready, rock, paper, scissors. Yep. One, two, uh. One, two, paper. All right, gotcha. you won. I won. All right, Joel won. So I'm going to go first. Yeah. So I got to pull up some notes. I actually did a little preparation. Um I went to Europe with uh, James Williams and the New Orleans Swamp Donkeys, uh, and we played, gosh, we left like July 3rd, I want to say, and Aiden over here helped set up a lot of the gigs, and we were in London, Leeds, Dublin, Edinburgh, Whitstable, uh, Newcastle, not in that order, and um, it uh, it was a riot. And I don't want to uh, dominate this podcast by just talking because I because Jeff, you were just in in Europe as well, and I definitely want to like have interaction about like what it was like f- traveling as an American in this what do they call it the political state that we're in right now or whatever. They yeah, know, yeah, sure. You know, and just how people were re- like tiptoeing around like are we all racist? You know, so I want to get to that, but <clears throat> I got to start with this man. We traveled for like 40 hours to get to Manchester from New Orleans, you know? And yep, yep. then I took possession of a Sprinter van, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I subsequently drove like 2,500 miles, I don't know, you know, over the next three weeks. So I just want to put this in context for people who can't imagine what Thank the you. kind of pressure it is that we're talking about here, is that you land in England and you have to drive a van which you're not used to and joel actually doesn't drive i don't i haven't really. had a car in 20 years or well, well for the no, peta, no, except for did, the peta van yeah that. yeah yeah you had a van for that previous so that so that was maybe the one thing that like kind of sort of prepared you but this is like an oversized van so you have to be more careful about how it is that you're driving it you have to take turns differently and i drove different- i drove cross country like when i was 20 during my Kerouac days by the way 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that was uh, several years ago, Joel. <laughs> if I could say, and uh, and 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 you have to imagine. Okay, so the vehicle's a little bit different. The way that it drives is a little bit different. Just right off the bat, if it were just here in America, you would have to like get used to a couple of little things. It's a stick shift, like that. but it's a stick with shift, six gears. which you have to with six gears that you have to shift with your left hand. That's right, because you're driving on the right, on the right side, side of the car and on the left side of the road. That's right. And you have to get used to that immediately. Very quickly. Very quickly. As you're transporting people from Manchester to Dublin. Right, right. And a bunch of cantankerous musicians going to gigs. They were uh, cool, actually. No, they were cool. I, no, right, exactly. But, you know, come on. Let me lay the groundwork. No, but I gave let me them make the, some I gave, mythology. I, I gave them the preface. I was like, hey, guys, this is going to be a really shitty experience for the first couple of days. I just told them before, yeah, I even, yeah, sure. before I even pulled out. Right. I was like, trust me, I'm going to do my best to not injure you. Like before we even pulled out, you know what I mean? That's hilarious, man. <laughs> and I'm gonna need any kind of help anyone wants to give. If if you're ever gonna be a backseat driver, do it now, dude. I gotta tell you something, man. That that when you called me and told me about that, it like nestled in the back of my head as a kind of a personal anxiety of my own. Sure. Because I was just like perpetually like worried for you because I, I thought about myself being in that position. Right. And how incredibly nerve-wracking that would be. And on top of all the other shit that you had to do. Right. You know, it, it, you have this responsibility to drive this thing in this cockamamie English, you know, wrong side of the road driving. And super thing. narrow streets. And we also had a lot of weight in the back because we had all the gear. Right. You know, so it was like, and it was one of those tall vans. It was like yeah, nine feet, mm-hmm. two inches. Mm-hmm. So it was a tall van. Yeah, the, like, yeah the Sprinter. Dude. Sure. And I'm just like, it, dude, coming into uh, Handy Hand or whatever it was to get to Dublin, I almost pulled over and I should have. Just people, like, like, let me give some people some advice out there. If you haven't slept in forever and you're driving, even though you're only like five miles away from your destination, you still might consider pulling over. And just like relaxing for one second before you do that last five miles. Cause that's when like the shit happens. So as I'm like going through all the roundabouts at the very end, there's so many fucking roundabouts. And then you got to deal with the roundabouts. Well, too. And the that's roundabouts. The thing, right? Dudes, yeah. okay. People in America, we have on ramps and off ramps on the interstates. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So there's two different like. We have the bow tie, the spaghetti. We have the thing. spaghetti bow tie. Yeah. There they have round, like, the only roundabouts I've ever experienced here in in, 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 Amer- in the United States is like in Bend, Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like sleepy roundabouts. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, these roundabouts kind of make sense because there's a creek there. Right. Or, right. Or whatever. The roundabouts in fucking England, you're going 70 miles fucking per hour. And then have to approach the roundabout and get down to like driving the stick shift, get down to 15 miles per hour, and then like continue on. And it happens all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah. So that's the one thing. The second thing is like once you're in a town, the streets are so fucking narrow. So when we were like in Whitstable, bro, like, dude, like trees are hitting the van on both sides. And it's a two-lane road. It's like yeah, two-way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And I'm like, and I'm still getting hit by trees. Yeah, of course. As I'm going out to the country to get Gary Washington's shout yeah. out to him, his base <laughs> fixed. Um, it was nuts. But what was cool is no one ever used their horn. Like, Really? Everyone was just like dope. Huh. Everyone just like had this like, we're, in, we're all in this together. 
I thought that there was somebody that started yelling at you guys and you flipped them off at one point. Did you tell me a story about that? That was the military. Oh, that's good. And that's because on the very last day, when I finally learned Rich VK in the house, everybody. Rich VK coming in. I'm going to finish this story real quick and then we're going to introduce Rich. But Jeff, to your question, man, on the very last day, I finally learned how to drive. Like On the last day. Like, yeah, no, like really drive well. And I needed it because I had driven from Newcastle to Edinburgh and that uh-huh. was the best day of the whole tour for me because it was gorgeous. It was along the coast. The sun's coming up. It was gorgeous. And I, was, and I had confidence driving. And then driving to Manchester on almost no sleep back from Edinburgh to catch our early flight could have been miserable but we were driving down, the first two hours were like country, small-ass, winding roads. Like, winding-ass, country-ass roads. Right, like, yeah. It's a little bit similar to, like, driving from Charlotte to the Outer Banks in North Carolina or something. Uh-huh. Sort of. Right. But, and there's this fucking military vehicle, like, full-on giant, like, fire truck size vehicle. Right. And they're on my fucking ass. And I'm like, I'm not going to endanger all the people in this car because these 18-year-old steroid-ridden probably, like, kids are riding on my ass. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, why are you... You're going to... So, here's the funny thing about driving. Eventually, like, three hours later, once we get off the country roads and I'm on the main interstate, I'm passing that motherfucker up because they can only go so fast. Due to their military contract, and that's when, and I was just like James Williams, will you please flip them off as we go by them? Because at that point, they're they can, <laughs> they can only go seventy, and we're going like ninety. Right, you know right, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're just like, fuck you! You made my life shitty for a full hour, stressing me out, riding on my ass, and yet here I am passing you like two hours later. Like, what's the fucking point of that? You know? I don't know, man. Just people get off on being dicks. I guess so. So, the driving thing, dude, was uh, was uh, that's it. That's all I have to say about it. It was, you know, and the parking and like you have to park like, you know, a twenty minute walk away from wherever you're hanging. Wherever out. you're hanging out. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. Oh yeah. lord. Because there's, there's just like no parking. There's just no parking. Right. And it's you know anyway. So that was that was my life. Cry me a fucking river. Right. But the positive notes is like, well, first of all, we should segue into our new new person who just came in. Oh, Rich VK. Yeah, yeah. Rich VK. Rich VK. How you doing over there, man? All right. Good. Good, good man. <laughs> it's good to uh, see you, man. Good to see you guys. Guess all right. what? What? I designer drugs and I brought this. Perfect. <laughs> Where'd you get that? Perfect. Perfect. What a callback. Yeah. Uh, good to be back in Shadeville. Yes. <laughs> Yes, here. Oh. You're good to go, man. I remember these microphones. <laughs> last pod I sat in on, they were brand new, just getting set up on the table. Yeah, you're right. And I decided to fiddle with this little knob and then took it all down to the floor. You sure did. I remember yeah. that. Hey, you remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had clad memory over there. Rich VK, this is Aiden. Hey, Aiden, what's up? Aiden, this hey, is Rich. Rich. Uh, so far, Rich was our yeah. first ever original producer. He showed up for one podcast, yeah. uh, high on mushrooms. I want to say still have the or sure. Molly or something. <laughs> but he brought we brought really good falafel. 
Nobody's reputation is safe on it's goodlifebabe.com. <laughs> Jeff and Joel Stales from New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Um, just I want to let you know that I don't have uh, uh, an adapter for these uh, headphones right here, Rich, so okay. they're not working right cool. now. Well, okay. as you guys know, I like to hang back yes, I know. behind the scenes in this operation. So, Yes. It's good to see you, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for the shout out. You look good. You look trim. Yeah. That must you, be you've been the, on like a weight hummus. loss thing? Yeah. Is the hummus? Yeah. You've been biking or something? Yeah, that and Adderall. <laughs> that and Adderall. <laughs> yeah. No. We're, um, cool. All right. I'll let you guys get back to it. I'm about to eat this okay, cool. sandwich. All right. Cool. cool. All right. Good to All see right. you, Rich. All right. That's uh, Lucille over that is, there. That is and the this original, is Ruby. original right. friend of the podcast. Though. That's right. Original. Like, original. All like the way right back. Right up there with Cousin Andy. All the way back in the beginning. Right up there. That's right. From the very original people. Okay. So continue about. on, man. Um, well, just positive stuff. I mean, I got to like, we had great shows. Aiden booked several of them, you know, like our, my favorite show on the um, tour was in Newcastle and uh-huh. it was at like a rave club. So Aiden over here. And your they still have like, those? They have yeah. Lots they, of them. They do really. And so <laughs> he booked this like New Orleans trad jazz band. Which is like 1930s trad jazz. Sure. And these right. guys are like rolling around Europe like the Beatles, though. Like that's how they're being treated. Like, oh, good. Yeah, it is good. And uh, and then there was, and in fact, a rave scheduled um, after right the huh. after the trad jazz show. Mm-hmm. You know. Wow. And so there was like two aud- one audience is leaving and another one coming in. That's the way the Euros do, man. And there was some mixing of yeah. that population or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, like, certain people are like, yeah, no, I like... I do both. I like uh, trad jazz. (laughs) Yes. And then a rave. And then a rave. Afterward. There was a lot of that. I can say that probably uh, Amsterdam Philip is solidly in that category. I would say so, dude. Yeah. And and shout out to Kate, who runs... um, Do you want to chime in here on the name of the club? Oh, yeah. Cobalt and Ernest. Yes. Cobalt and Ernest. Yeah, Yeah, the Ernest was was like... So, we played the two places, Ernest and Cobalt are both on the same block. And uh, so Ernest is like a restaurant bar oh, I brunch see. place. Right, and right. they like made us a beautiful brunch. Oh wow, nice. Right. And then we played like a little thing in the entryway almost like you know how they have music at the uptown place uh that Tony Toko runs uh a to, uh, yes. Yeah. It was kinda like that kind of setting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So gotcha. that was like the uh, that was the matinee gig. Sure. And then there was the late gig for the in the rave club and then Kate who runs the place and she's really truly doing like art for arte that's her bag uh-huh. um and she was taking a big risk by just putting us all up in hotels for a couple of nights you know and paying for our food or whatever right and not knowing if she was going to get like her money back based on like the five quid at the door that they were charging because we didn't really have time to promote it because it was the last minute gig packed out the house man Oh, good. Packed it out. Packed it out. And they did so much money at the bar. I talked to her afterwards, and she was like, we're so happy. In fact, she cooked, like, homemade artisan pizza. As the show was going on, she was making the dough next to the bar where her, like, I think her son, I want to say, is bartending, like, along with, like, three. And everyone was totally cool. And she invited us all up to the apartment above the club. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. What are you laughing at the dog? Yeah, yeah. Rich is over there petting uh, Lucia. It's uh, very cute. Got distracted. Yeah. Um, and she just made us like this incredible arugula salad and this amazing pizza. And like, most of the guys came up. 
you know, Gary Washington and his lady and Bryce and a lot of the guys from the band came up and just ate food till like two or three in the morning. Did anybody complain about arugula? No. Should you, you like arugula? I love arugula. I love arugula. I love arugula. Aiden, you like arugula? I like arugula. Yeah. I prefer arugula over kale. If it's fresh, I'm, I, I think arugula is my maybe. It, it's at it's the, my favorite green. It's at or near the top of my greens. Rich VK, what do you, you think? Radicchio is for not me. Not for me. Yeah. Not for me. Yeah. Not in the running. Aiden, what say you? Uh, I'm a big spinach fan. Spinach, spinach guy. Spinach, spinach man. Yeah. Uh, big yeah. spinach or baby spinach? Uh, either one. <laughs> either one. <laughs> 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 nice. So that was Newcastle, and we had like a 7 a.m. call. So I got back to the hotel like at 3 in the morning. Uh-huh. And I was texting with Kate, said, you know, booker, buyer, or whatever. And I'm like, dude, this is going to be our biggest test. Because Edinburgh, the upcoming shows in Edinburgh, are the most important. It's the only reason we're on the continent is to do these Edinburgh shows. Because it's right. Edinburgh Jazz and Blues Festival is probably second to North Sea in terms of like prestige. I right? see. In right. terms of jazz festivals in, in that... Northern Europe. Yes, right. correct. So it's like, what would you say in the United States? It's like New Orleans Jazz Fest. It's like Monterey. And New, Newport. Newport. You're right, yeah, exactly. Right, right. So it's like that kind of... And, and so we're figuring out like... Yeah. Hey, Ru- Ruby, Ruby will like snatch that food, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. You got to push it back a little bit. Yeah, Ruby's about yeah. <laughs> Ruby's, Ruby's for being so short, it's like spud web. Oh, man. Like Ruby can spud web up onto a counter. Dude, if, she, if she can get like one. Muggsy Bugs even. If she can get one molecule of her tooth hooked into something right. and just move it a little bit. But just bit, the leaping ability. It's over. Counter. It's over. Like after for that, the, man. you know. Yeah. It's I know, pretty amazing. I know. So. I was texting with Kate and was like, dude, these are the most important three shows coming up on the tour and we have to nail them. And we were entering the last like two days of the whole thing. And the dudes are displayed at a rave club (laughs) (laughs) and they're rock stars basically, you know? And I actually, the only time on tour that I like sat down with the guys as a group, the only time, I mean, you know, I, we communicated via like WhatsApp and stuff and Slack and stuff. But the only time I was like group meeting was before the Newcastle show. And all I said was like how important these Edinburgh shows are and how their career is up to them personally. Right. Like, but you'd like called a rehearsal, right? Essentially. No, I'd already done that. You'd so already the rehearsals done were already done. Oh, so that was so done. we we okay. we had worked out the musicality stuff. Gotcha. This was more of like a timing stuff. So we had had an earlier thing in the tour where the shows weren't going as well as they could have been going, and we, right. ca- we called some rehearsals and got that figured out. At this point, it's like don't not show up for the seven a.m. lobby call when you guys are all at a rave place until whatever time i mean i even got home at 3 a.m to the hotel you know what i mean yeah, yeah and i yeah. like cut it short yeah yeah you know what i mean right oh so they were partying a bit and so i was just like look so i so i yeah. sat him down before the show started and just was like and they were already beat because we had to drive from leeds overnight or whatever and another show that aiden here set up that was great at the domino club 
Shout out to Ryan from the Domino Club. Great show. Uh, packed. Uh, but we had to drive from the end of the show to Newcastle. So everyone was pretty spent. You know, like there was not much chance for sleep. And I was just like, if you care about your career, all not like my career, James's career, you know, this is the type of jazz festival where people notice whether or not. Anyway, I was just like, to Kate, I was like at three in the morning. I'm going to see what these guys are made of if they make the 7 a.m. lobby call or not. And they all did. Yeah, that's good. Every single fucking dude made the lobby call. And we got to Edinburgh and we had three sold out shows in Edinburgh. Oh, wow. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, terrific. Good for James Williams. Good sure. for, you know, uh, and thanks to Edinburgh for having us. It was, it was great. It was a good time. So it was only in Ireland and England, right, that you were touring. And Scotland. And Scotland, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but get this, man. The biggest show that we played in Edinburgh was in one of those Spiegel tents. Oh, really? Yeah. No one kidding. One of those original. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it looked exactly like the Spiegel tent sure. from Bonnery. Uh-huh. But bigger. Right. Right? Like right. 555 capacity. Yep, yep. You know? Yeah. And it was sold out, you know, amazing. Wow. It was fantastic, yeah. So it's funny. We went to this little... Uh, just a little bit about my trip is that uh, AP took us to Utrecht, right? You know, which is yeah. like right next door to uh, every city is right next door to each other in Amsterdam in, in the Netherlands. You know, right? I mean, they're all right there, right? And uh, essentially, um, sure. and and yeah, Utrecht's I mean, like a train Utrecht, it's a, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. twenty minute train ride. It's Gorgeous not just right, exactly yeah. right. And uh, and they had like a this Spiegel tent, not actually a Spiegel tent, but like these booths that were set up that had a kind of a Spiegel vibe to them, you know, and it was like this traveling food and entertainment and rave and performance art uh, thing going on, you know, like so typical of Europe, you know, and like the kind of thing that we just don't even have in the United States at all. Right. You know, that people would be like, what is this liberal crazy stuff? You know, exactly. we have to put a stop to that because it means socialism and, and, and these commies are going to take over the world. If the circus doesn't have an elephant, it shouldn't be here. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Something along those lines. <laughs> anyway, uh, but but that 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 Spiegel aesthetic thing, you know, is still like running strong. Like if it doesn't have there. the weight machine, like guess your weight and height, then get your carnival out of town. I, I know, man. I know. Like it has to have this like kind of quote unquote freak component to it, right. you know, in a weird way. You know, I don't understand why. Right. You know, but it, anyway. Why can't I'll, you just like enjoy a circus without all the freak show stuff? Well, not only that, but it's like it's like why don't we just have some of these like traveling festivals like they do right. in in Europe, where they just like pick up from one spot and go to another and go to another and go to another and come to your town with some like really good food and you just go and you have like some good wine and then there's some good. I mean, who knows? I mean, in Europe, it's always like there's some bands that are playing or something and then. Eventually, there's somebody either doing like a kind of a rave type thing, yeah, you know, or the Eurobeat, right? You know, that's it. It's which is fucking hilarious to me, man. That like the march beat like that, you know, like it's like the thing that everybody's like, no, that's uh, what we dance to here. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you dance to the same thing, you know, that like the military march to in World War Two. What the fuck is this, man? It's. You know, it's and that beat has never gone up. Like the last time I was in Europe and Italy, which was like in the early 2000s, they still 
That was the thing. Every station in Europe still had it. Still doing that. And it's the same beat. It's still there, like, again and again and again. You know, like, syncopation. What the and fuck that is, is that? where America is kind of better, except we also, like, gave the world, you know, Taylor Swift. So I don't know what the difference is between well, these two Well, no, things. of course. Like, no, I mean, we're, we're, like, always just going around dumping garbage on the rest of the world. I mean, that's right. what we do, right? right? You know, we're just, like, a, the world's garbage truck, you know, and uh, from a cultural standpoint. But also we, like, deliver some really great shit, too. And all that stuff is, like, there, and people love it. And there's like, you know, the syncopated rhythms and everything and the funk from the 70s and all that kind of stuff. But it just seems like nobody was ever really able to kind of really grasp it. Sure. And then I think they just gave up in Europe. They did. Yeah, yeah. They, they just would, gave they up. just like, we don't uh, know what They're is like, happening we're, we're, uh, with this beat. We're 10,000 years old in our civilization. We're just, we're done trying. So we're just going to revert to what we know. Right. Which is, <laughs> I don't know uh, what accent uh, that is. That was it. That's it. That's the beat, man. You know, every time. <laughs> but there's always something like that later on where there's like either a DJ or a karaoke thing that's happening, you know, that has that beat going on, you know. And then it has the like. Yeah. That's Flesh. it, right? It sounds, like, yeah, sounds yeah, like Dead Mouse. The Dutch are huge into this. Like, yes. Hardcore. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, that's techno, right. Yeah. That is it. That yeah. is it. Many underground Dutch clubs filled with smoke, and that's all you hear <laughs> for about nine to 48 hours straight. I don't know. <laughs> let me ask you a question. Can Aiden, can I ask a cross-generational question here that maybe sure. you could clear up for uh, us old guys? Is it just me, or is it, is it true that like it's fucking... Like it's impossible to distinguish like these songs. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's completely impossible. It's impossible, it, right? Isn't it to me? Who's someone I, I don't listen to a lot of like hardcore techno. You don't? No, no. Right, I have right. a lot of. Uh, or when I went over to Europe and studied in Amsterdam, um, I would go to these these clubs. You did study over there. I did there. study okay. there. Yeah, okay. that's how I know Utrecht I, is I, like, it's I, like an hour of away. Course, of course, of course. It's gorgeous. The yeah. cathedral in the middle of, of the city. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, we'd go to these clubs and, and just continuous music, continuous Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, just like all night long. Some of them would go for like 48 hours. I could never do <laughs> more than a few hours. How many hours? Is, yeah, how many hours? <laughs> <laughs> I think max I made it was like 10. <laughs> That's pretty good. But, but it was in a whole Dude. like little community. It was like a little sure. festival thing. But it was they are uh, they are into that man. Very That's, very much so. Yep yeah. yep. Speaking of like how close the towns are together with the trains and everything that you were just saying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Our friends and this is going to be a good segue for the next episode. Our friends that you visited, uh, Amsterdam, Philip. Yep. And Anne Marie mm. went to a festival that Griper hooked them up with, like free passes or whatever, like a music event. You know, like yep. the kind of yeah. music festival you're talking about. Yeah. And they hiked there like 70 miles or something. What? I don't know. No. Something like that. Both because I got some like Slack, not Slack, WhatsApp message like we're walking to the thing. And then I Googled it. I was on the road. I was like, that's a lot of miles. And then <laughs> and then I and then Griper made fun of them, too apparently to their face for doing that. And then Anne Marie sent me a photo of a book that makes fun of Americans for not walking. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, all these things are true, <laughs> true. right? You know, but they basically walked like sixty miles to the festival. No, they did not. Come on, whatever it was. It was like maybe six. It was a mountain or something. <laughs> it was a mountain. Go for the long hikes over there. AP, like, look it up. <laughs> I could pro- I'll, I'll look on the in between breaks. I will find out exactly between this. What and happened the next, with that? Yeah, exactly okay. how far it was. All right, we'll good. Revisit good. it. So, good. and we'll talk about you hanging out with those guys and all that. Um, what? How, how much time are we into? Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, takes me a second you can continue to talk sure if you want. so because i'm kind of oh, we're at about uh, 33 minutes i'm kind of ready to start getting into wrapping up this story that i had go ahead you know, in europe and stuff and yeah, do it one do it. Th- one a couple of things do it <laughs> look when you do a lot of traveling there's babies on planes you know Oh, yeah, yeah. And they scream. They just scream. But that's fine. I have no problem with baby screaming. You you really? Nope. Come on. Because they're babies. Never? Never. Never? You never Never. have a problem with a baby screaming? Negative. Wow. You're a better man than me. I have problems with adults screaming because they should know better. Because they should be able to control themselves. Well, when are... Adults screaming. When did that happen? Adults just act like two-year-olds a lot, I noticed. Like they bitch and complain and they're angry and they're, it's just, I, I get the two year old, man. I'm going to give the two year old a free pass, but not the 30 year old. That's all I'm saying. Let me just say this, that I, I understand and I'm empathetic about, you know, a kid freaking out. Right. Okay. I am. I am. However, I will say this, (laughs) that I do blame parents that don't attempt to do a goddamn thing about it. Sure. That drives me nuts. That's totally different. You know, like, like, and they have those. And like, there was a kid that was freaking out on the plane ride back from New York to yeah. New Orleans. That was just like, it was like one of those, just those super hardcore meltdowns. But the mother and the dad were just doing their best, man, trying to get that kid. Now, that's fine, right? But on another flight that I made recently, there was this kid just kicking the back of this fucking seat and doing all this shit. And the mom didn't say anything she did the helicopter parent fucking thing yeah where she's just like she's like oh you know just kids are just like that they're just like that from time to time it's like no kids being kids no there's a there's a thing called disciplining your children you know it's called parenting you can do that you can engage in that you know yeah the kid will recover put a pacifier in the mouth yeah they're not so delicate whatever you know (laughs) they can take it all right They're not. Kids aren't delicate, man. And then, no, they're not. But adults who bitch, fuck you. So, and what, I mean, what, 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 I mean, you're being being cryptic, though, man. Is there a specific story in here? Just assholes running around airports, you know what I mean? And like, Screaming at like flight attendants and screaming at like, oh that's perfect awful. for yeah because they're like I'm like look I no one has been work everyone has their own shit but I'm not going to sit there and tell anyone who will listen about it I'm not going to scream like a baby the, the airports in just general, because I have you know just because I've done like this leg to that leg to that leg to this leg and then I had to drive in between and all I'm not going to like make that problem anyone else's 
Yeah. And yeah. there are a lot of adults who make that problem someone else's problem. Airports are like the biggest anxiety trigger I've noticed. It doesn't affect me, but like people are already starting out like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I did pull this one, this off at the I don't. Airport. I don't freak out at airports really I, at all. I, 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 I did. I, I did. I actually had a moment where I weeped a little bit, um, but it was the last. But let me just lead up to that. Wait a second. Yeah, okay, go weep ahead. Weep out of the week. Yeah, weep out of the week. <laughs> weep. Come on. Weep out of the week. It was my very last one. You got to give me the signal, man. I you know, know dude. I, mean? I got to do yeah, the hand yeah. signals. We got to yeah. do that. Um, but, dude, I did this really good move in the Manchester airport on the way back because it was a long line. We were kind of running late. It was a super long line, and the trombonist, his instrument got flagged, right? And then so all the guy and we had this pact that we're all going to be together. Yeah. You know, we're not going to move. And I was just like, I'm going to go ahead because we're running late for a flight. We're, all, we're just about to miss our flight back to the States, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so this will lead up to the weeping moment. Don't let me forget. Okay, go ahead. And so I race up. The weeping moment. And there's two funny things that happen there, like... One was like, I'm like, where the fuck is the gate? And we're having to walk through in the Manchester airport, like perfume shops. It's like a mall. It's like a mall. And you have to walk through the mall. You can't like, it's not like in the States where all the shops are to the left and right. You have to walk through the shops to get to that the is gate. The new, that is the new modern European way and of I had doing never, an airport. And I had never experienced that. And it's that a narrow... That's Macy's style setup. You know, totally. You, like, dude, every totally door goes is. through a department. Exactly. exactly. And it's like a lazy river. It's narrow, right? And exactly. You, and you just float down it, and all these people are sauntering along but and not no, really in a hurry. But there's no signs of like where to, your gate is, you know? I know, so I know. I, I, I experienced that, the same thing. There was this dude Amsterdam, that, everybody said, sheeple, sheeple. So there was this dude. Yeah. There was this Is dude that way, yeah, yeah. There was a guy to my right, and fortunately he was like from Georgia, because I was like, am I crazy or is this fucked up? He was like, this is fucked up, bro. You know, and I was like, thank God. Somebody. I was like, where are you from? He's like, Georgia. I'm like, dude, I just like high-fived him. I was like, so I'm going the right way. He's like, yes. You are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but that's this is they, just a fucked up system. You know, which is funny, too, because I it, it's funny that you mentioned that because it struck me when I was going through skip pole, right, that, uh, that that's, it's so hyper-commercial, you know, and it's right. kind of the opposite of what you expect in Europe, you know what I mean? And, uh, like, that, that it would be a little bit less, you know, like, like it was like, Hyper American in a way, you know, like more American than America in terms of its totally. capitalism. Agree, you know, agree. Like they're just like you have to walk through this, like going into a grocery store in the way that they funnel you around, you know, yeah. and so that you pass all the fucking, milk is always in the back, the milk is in the back, and blah, blah blah. So you have to go through everything in order to like have an idea that you're going to buy something, you know. Except that along the way, it's all like you know Nutella and uh, you know totally. like uh, buy this you know kind of sort of good watch. You know, exactly. They love a watch. <laughs> there was, a, there was there. lots of watches and lots of cologne. I fucking like watches. There's watches man. and cologne, yeah, yeah. dog. Watches. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to make my fucking a watch. Flight. You use a watch, Aiden? So, use a watch? I do have a watch. You have a watch, have but do watch. you use a watch? Yeah, I'll use a watch. You'll use it, but not all the time, right? Not all the time. You use I, your phone, I wear it most right? Of the time. Yeah. Do you want to buy a watch at an airport? No, you don't want to buy. Nobody a wants to. No, buy. you don't want to buy anything. You don't really airport. want to buy anything at an airport because everything's super well, expensive. Exactly. So, so I'm scrambling yeah. through, I, and I got like a little bit of like a positive reinforcement from the guy that lives outside of Atlanta. 
you know yeah and i'm like i hate your dirty words by the way you know <laughs> i threw the dig in you know and he's like oh you're from new Orleans." yeah yeah so <laughs> i get to the gate that's good thanks thanks for yeah. repping man Dude, yeah, yeah. You know. stay strong baby who that baby yeah aaron lambert what's up um so i get to the gate and we're the lat. They're like calling our names. They're saying Joel Jackson, James Williams, Bryce Eastwood, Timothy, whatever, Sam Fryerbush. They're like calling our names. We're like we're the yep, last. Yep. We're the last dudes. And those guys are behind me considerably. And they're like, we're closing the door. And I pulled this move, Jeff. I don't know if I told you this, but I pulled this move. I was like, I was screened to for for uh, gosh. Now I'm gonna blow the whole story. I was screened for security. Yeah, like yeah, they told right. me that I was supposed to like yeah, see you guys aside, and get yeah. patted down, set right, aside, right, right. and all yeah. that shit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so they like took ten minutes to like look through all my shit and pat me down and do the whole nine yards. They're like, I don't know. They just told me I was screened. You know that that I was whatever the word is. I can't. Yeah, remember. yeah, that's it. Screened, whatever. Yeah, that I was supposed to have like the gate check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just did all that shit that just bought us enough time. You know, we probably would have been fine anyway, you know. But I bought the time. By the time I was done getting the screening, my boys were at the gate. Ah, uh, right. And right. they were on the fucking flight. They were on the flight. Yeah. But, and here's what, but here's what leads up to the weeping. Okay. And here's also a lesson for people. Don't clock out until you get home. Okay, so I had just tour managed, Right. And I clocked out the second I got on that goddamn plane. Oh, yeah, like, but you should have waited. I should have waited. Right. So I had like six whiskeys or something. <laughs> like a seven-hour flight, you know? That's a whiskey an hour. And I ate like two movies. Uh-huh. Ate two movies. <laughs> you ate two up movies. two movies. Ate yeah. up two movies. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm fine. We're good. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to Boston, and then we got to go to New York. And then I got to spend two days with uh, with Jaime in Brooklyn, and then I can fly home to New Orleans. And yeah, the trombonist has to stay with me and with Jaime in Brooklyn because he doesn't have a place to stay. Well, that's fine. Right? It's fine. Yeah, all good. And we get to Boston. It's like everything shut down, and they have our luggage, so we don't really have the opportunity to like the entire East. Why coast. was that? Because of weather. weather. It was a weather thing. Yeah, so the whole related. East Coast was shut down. But what they did, so when we got off the plane, they were like, your flight's canceled. Oh, Lord. And so what we should have done is take, and we had to get our luggage because we were coming in from an international thing. Then you have to recheck it. And we should have just gotten on a train or a bus from there. But I was told by someone, like, we can get you on this next flight, right? And it's not to JFK, it's to LaGuardia or whatever. And they take our luggage and then all the flights shut down. Like the whole, both airports are just like, completely shut down so i have to find an airbnb which is fine i mean look technology is great sure so i get on the thing this is in boston right yeah in boston that should be easy we we go to north boston we get this great airbnb in north boston where they have like 200 italian restaurants within like two miles oh and we went to this place (laughs) called like the corner bar you know, uh, oh, like in the morning, like name. the morning, yeah. yeah, like the next day. You know what I mean? Like we, because we're, but again, don't clock out because it took me probably thirty minutes longer than the lights than it should have. 
to book the Airbnb because I had too many whiskeys on the plane. That's uh-huh. what I'm saying. So, like, don't clock. Because, I mean, what what's a half hour? I mean, I finally figured it no, out. No, I get you. You yeah. know? Yeah. But don't clock out till you get all your people home. Right. And all your luggage. And then, and then the airport lost everyone's luggage. Wow. Like, of during that whole process. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, finally... And we had a great day in Boston, dude. I mean, it was just like wandering around. I had a head cold or whatever, but I went to the CVS and got medication. And like, I had like the best like Italian sub I've ever had in my life. Oh, yeah. And I was told that it was going to be the best, you know, by the person who recommended it, uh, who was a guy from the liquor store. Um, so <laughs> clearly, I had clocked out. That's where you get the best self recommendations. <laughs> exactly, <right? laughs> exactly. And I told him, like, dude, he's like Aiden's age. I was like, if you ever come to New Orleans, you got to go to Cushon Butchery, and then let's match it. Cushon, what's Cushon? Cushon, Cushon, Cushon. Did you say Cushon? I said Cushon. Oh, okay. We can rewind the tape. <laughs> <laughs> so. It would be funny if you were in Boston. You're like, no, this is a great place. Go push on, because you had six whiskeys, exactly. you know, and you're like just mispronouncing it and misremembering it. Yes, you know, yeah. and the guy came down. He just spent like you know seven hours looking for push on. Look for push on. Push on. <laughs> He's like, this He's guy like, told me push on, and I couldn't find it. And like, you know what? If your Pats won like eight Super Bowls. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, who that? So, uh, so I finally get to the airport to come home you know and I'm by myself and it's like a long security line and I'm you know really feeling it you know yeah of course yeah you're like tired and And I'm and I'm seeing the and I can't complain to anyone in this room because we've all been through it and I'm seeing like families go through the security shit and I'm thinking why are we still taking off shoes because of that one fucker because that one dude and meanwhile in my bag I have a knife I have I have THC I have all this shit that just happened to like fall into my laptop bag happened to that I did I was just so I'm like I'm getting naked and taking off all my shit everyone's pissed off these kids are scared these this family that's going through with kids the kids are scared and the family's trying to figure out how to communicate to the kids of why they're being fucking molested, basically. <laughs> you know? like Let's not go that far. But, I'm just saying, know. it's like, it was just, I was just... Molested a, in the light. I, I, was at, I was at a very emotional, heightened state. Yes. And when I got my shit and sat down in the place where you get your shit and you put it in your bags and you put your shit back on, your, your belt and your shoes, I had a cry. You had a moment. I just had a cry. Yeah. You know? And it wasn't about my shit. It was about seeing everyone else go through it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And knowing that it was, like, about the shoe bomber. Like, that one dude. I feel like Rich has something to say here. Can I say, oh, can can I say I, pre, man? Okay. Or whatever the, <laughs> the system is. No, it, that is, like, going through, like, pre-9-11 security. It's, like, back to the metal, you know, janky right. metal detectors. Yes, yes, You keep yeah. all your clothes on. And they don't really check too hard. But can I say something? Like, we passed through, uh, just on my trip, right? Sure. The anecdote is that we passed through Glasgow, and the shoe bomber guy left out of Scotland somewhere. I think it was Glasgow. Yeah. I might be wrong. It might have been Edinburgh, right? Huh. There's really only two airports in Scotland, you know, sure. that are worth a damn. And uh, That's where he came through. And you didn't have to take your shoes off. 
Right. So why are we? Like, never take your shoes off. We're so off. fucking yeah. reactive in this country. Yet again, I was traveling with like a knife that I could have stabbed someone. It's with. so punitive and weird in the United States compared to Europe, man. Totally. It's just so bizarre, you know. And all these people are like just like yelling at you and shit, you know. Like when you get into JFK, you know, like move it along. Oh, I love move that. it along. Move it along. Move it along. <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? And you're like. I moved from here to here, like six inches. You know what I mean? And they're right. like, God, the, the security, God, the security yeah, yeah, like people? some yeah. security people, and they're like at every point, you know, just because like there's some juke in the line, you know, because mm-hmm. they have some cockamamie like snaking line that right. you have to get into at J- JFK, and they're like, move over to the right. They they keep repeating the instructions like you're like entering jail or something like yeah, like everybody's a baby who can't understand like what these were these stupid instructions you know and like where the line goes and stuff like that you know it's so bizarre man the United States is really on a bad track right now it's on a bad track yeah um, I want to end this portion of my European podcast trip on a positive note okay let's if go I may. okay go ahead um, before all that stuff happened uh in terms of traveling back um we were again had three sold out shows in edinburgh and it was great perfect and uh we did have one little mishap with accommodations in between show one and two uh-huh. that made things oh. very stressful oh, shit. and we fixed it very quickly sorry to hear that but it it's okay and thank you and <laughs> we like but because of that like i was a little bit more i wasn't even i had I had left the CDs back at the new accommodations, or at least I thought I had. Oh, right? shit. Yeah. During the Spiegel Tent show. So I took an Uber to the hotel to grab the CDs so I could, because we sell, you know, merch. Of course. And um, and so I'm racing, and the CDs aren't there in the van that I'd been driving. And it turns out someone in the band, I think it was James, in fact, had looked out for me and, like, taking the CDs but just didn't tell me you know uh-huh. so I get back and then he's like ending the show incredible show standing ovations like multiple like they like the stage manager had to ask me to ask them to get off the stage Marcus Miller st- uh, uh, sat, sat in they like literally did like two encores multiple standing ovations cool. and I'm like racing out with CDs to go to the front of the Spiegel tent to try and sell some yeah, and and James says his thing. It's it's more about like business development than selling CDs. It's like James is like that's my manager over there. You know he'll be selling CDs, and that sure. leads to other booking opportunities. Yeah, yeah, right? of course, it's of course, more like that. Yeah, um, but you know ancillary benefit you sell some CDs and put some cash. In your yeah, pocket. make a little extra money. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> so you know. So I, results in six whiskeys. So I have to, exactly. Yeah. So I, those were all free, by the way. Oh, they were. Oh yeah, because oh, it was international flight. Oh yeah. Oh, and the That's woman good. really liked me. She's newly married, but she was like, "Are you staying over in Boston?" Huh. You know? Interesting. Like, wink, wink. Interesting. And I was like, "How's your new, uh, you know, wedding life?" She's like, "It's not that great." You know. Whoa. I mean, that was just. It, we were on Virgin Airlines, and there's just like the type, you know. Uh, and she was like one, of, and she was. Um, interested. I'll just say she's interested. She's yeah. interested. Interesting. But I was like, I oh, know I'm flying to New York. Of course, that was killing me. Like once, I figured out that we weren't going to New York that night. I'm like, God damn it, that's where I could be staying. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Um, anyway, so what was the point? So I run around to the, which is a r- long run around. I'm like, should I go through the big ass Spiegel tent or run around it with the CDs? To just try and like, and two things happen. There's some, a person who's like the ambassador for the US embassy or whatever came up to me and she was like, we want to book this band for our July 4th party next year. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's great. But then secondly, this woman came up. And here's the thing about selling CDs. People want, I think they're buying, because no one listens to CDs anymore. So I feel like, and CD sales are typically slow, you know, because people don't listen yeah, to CDs right, anymore. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's right. And I feel like people, like, wanted to buy them because they wanted to talk. Oh, I agree with that. They wanted to tell me about, like, their history of being a jazz fan. Yes, they wanted to tell me about you know Louis Armstrong. No, dude, you're hitting the nail on the head, man. Yeah, they want it. They just want to have a conversation with and, you, and they're willing and they to feel, spend fifteen quid. They feel they feel guiltily obliged to to spend the fifteenth to yeah, spend some money and to, and to help the band out that way. So yeah. what you have to do in the future in England and Scotland and Ireland when selling CDs is to have someone who's actually just doing the transactions and another person who's like talking. Right, and that would be me, and so that was a lesson that I learned a little bit too late, but I figured it out by the time we got to Edinburgh. So yeah, so that's good. So this, but this really lovely woman, another person from Georgia, from um, comes up and she's like, she wants to buy a CD, and more than that, she's just like wants to talk. And at that point, the band doesn't know where I'm at, right? Because I had raced off, and they don't. This is, this is the first time on the whole tour where the band has gotten off stage and they don't know where I'm at. Right. And so I'm stressed about that. Right. Because they don't know what the fuck the plan is. Yeah. Because no one's eaten because of aforementioned accommodation issues. Right. And the fact that we had a, you know, a call at 7 a.m. from Newcastle, drove and played a 2 p.m. gig at the Col- Edinburgh College, had to deal with the accommodation issue, then it had to go straight to this thing. So no one's like, we had McDonald's like at 8 in the morning, actually. McDonald's in Europe is dope. The A4 mentioned McDonald's. The, the McDonald's is, yeah. is, is really fucking good. Because it's like the same like recipes, but I'm going to give you a chance to take that back. But, but, it's, okay. but, it's better, but it's better ingredients. How do you know that? You can just taste it. You can taste that it's you better ingredients. You can just taste that it's better ingredients. Huh, interesting. Because they have regulations over there, Jeff. There's this thing called regulations. Oh. So you oh. don't get to sell people. You like mean communism. That's not me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the, the McDonald's shit was the bomb. You mean getting in the way of people making money? You and mean guess removing what? freedoms? Guess what? It didn't. Taking away my guns? Guess what? It didn't cost any more than the McDonald's over here. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing, too. That food is not that expensive over there if you know what you're doing. Totally. You know? So yeah. we had, so that's, okay. So we were like, I'm... I'm pressed. I'm stressed about like getting back to the band backstage. And this woman, Sarah, from Georgia, mm. I just said to her, I was like, "Hey, man, I need to get back to the band. Clearly, you want to like talk, and if you if you want to just come with me, you can." You know, I wasn't hitting on her or anything like that. Sounds like it. No, I wasn't. But I, no, it does. That's why I said that because I wasn't. <laughs> that was a preface. Yes. Okay. So. We went back because I'm not that dude on the road. No. In fact, everyone on the road was like, "Why aren't you like having sex with people?" Weekend like, I'm working. 
No, yeah. there's no weekend Joel. There's no weekend driving. Joel. I was driving the whole time. So there's no weekend Joel. Weekend Joel was on the plane. Six exactly, weeks. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> weekend Joel is like now. You know? <laughs> yeah. <Exactly. laughs> like, so I'm like, Sarah, you seem really sweet. I'm got, I have to get back to my boys if you want to come backstage. And of course, all the dudes are like, oh, Joel's finally going to hook up. I'm like, no, it's not what this is about. And I had a couple of the dudes come up to me and be like, so if you're not into her, it's okay if I'm into her? I'm like, that's fine. I don't give a shit. And I had had all these conversations with them about Jesus like, look, Christ. you could, because they were, and at some point later down the road, kick the can down like 12 hours, they're like, Joel, you clearly connect with this woman so well and I was like yeah but you can have a connection and a friendship without it having to lead to sex like I don't like I'm not okay so here's the positive note she and when we finished our last Edinburgh show yes every dude was on their own I was like I, you can have like a dinner buyout or Sarah's offered us to cook like an evening breakfast like biscuits and like eggs and like sausage and like jelly and like sweet all the shit yeah you know? yeah and in her flat overlooking the river in edinburgh next to the castle the, yeah. ca- the, castle, right. the castle the castle right right like she's in the shit you know and she's in like a big flat with a bunch of roommates and every dude in the band came and it was just like this gorgeous evening, the sun setting, and we're like just kind of celebrating and having fun. And this stranger is like feeding us food, Sweet. you know. And yeah. it was it was really, really, really lovely. So that was the positive note that we did. And this is, I think, if I can put a pin on the podcast, where are we at on time? Fifty-seven. Okay, we're we're getting there. Yeah. I hesitate to tell the story. But in the spirit of like the very first podcast you and I ever did, uh-huh. when we told our like most, or we split it up kind of like we're doing tonight. The most harrowing story. Yeah. I'll just go ahead and just say like, <clears throat> there's a dude in the band who like has a thing about prank calling. <laughs> so, and he actually has a prank calling app so that he can prank call people from numbers that are not his. Oh, and that's wow. his that's his bag. Uh-huh. That's like his deal. Uh huh. And so we're sitting there like, who's gonna prank? They're like, want to prank call someone? And another dude in the band is like, it should be this like sax player who I know from New Orleans. You know, I don't even know this guy's name, and I haven't committed it to memory. I'm ashamed about what I'm about to tell you. Out with it. Out with it. So. This person is called, and I get on the phone, not changing my voice at all, and I'm like, this is Drew Brees. <laughs> Swear to God, there were so many witnesses that saw there were eight people in the room, you know, seven of them from New Orleans. I'm like, this is Drew Brees. Um, I have my twins, I have a big birthday thing in Audubon Park. I, nor- I was like, I normally like have my people handle this, but it's like, I don't want Brittany to like know, like whatever. So I'm just trying to do it on my own as a gesture. And it is like, you know, training camps coming up or whatever. But I just want to get this done like right now. It's going to be at Audubon Park in September for the twins. I don't even know if he has twins, by the way. I was just like, I was just improv 
Sure. You know? Uh-huh. And I was like, Bobby and Billy or whatever the fuck. And I was like, and you know, I only have $20,000 to spend. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I did that. Peer pressure. That's no, what comes of it. That, no, that was me deciding to, like, just, again, clocking out a little early. Clocked out early, man. Just clocked out early. And it was just like, I'm going to, like, flex right now. And so I was flexing. You know what I mean? Jesus. I was showing off in front of the guys that I can, like, fuck with somebody. I guess. And I, we were just having fun. We had gotten some champagne. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We were we had all Ubered, so I didn't have to drive the van back. So, you know, I was imbibing. And I did the whole Drew Brees thing. <laughs> and then, no, but get this. The dude called the number back. Ah, uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then the guy I was with who does the prank calls handed me the phone. And I was like, hey, man, this is like... And this is a callback to a story I had told all the guys in the band about how much I don't like Tony DeGrati. Like, I had, like, given them my whole Tony DeGrati, like, history, you know? So I was like... So I answered the phone, and I was like, dude, this is Tony DeGrati. Sorry, man. I fell off the wagon. I'm super drunk. And I just, like, called you impersonating myself as Drew Brees. (laughs) So, in other words, you dug the hole even deeper. Yeah, dude. That's what you did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it got a lot of laughs in the room. What if one of the 10,000 people that had subscribed to our podcast is that saxophone player? Yeah. And he hears this. I apologize. You're, you're in trouble. I apologize profusely. I, 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 and I will, like, make it up to you. How about that? <laughs> through, through friendship and professional endeavors. And maybe buy you some drinks. How about that? <laughs> and if you can get my old job back because I quit <laughs> right in between those calls. <laughs> oh, boy. Joel being Joel. Joel right. being Joel. Joel being Joel. All right. Well, I think, uh, you know, we're at a buck one right now. Yeah. So maybe we want to, like, wrap it up. Let's and then uh, we'll come back and I'll tell my version of the story. Word. You know, of your European trip. Across the, across the pond. Yeah. Word. Exactly. It's a good life, babe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. We'll catch up with you on episode 171. Yeah, you're right.